Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, it's about to go down. It's the Man Fuse podcast. I am Kay Lee, audio producer, voice artist, your host, my co-host, real estate broker, entrepreneur, Ben H., So today on the Manfuse podcast, have you ever wondered, with all of these cannabis companies sprouting up across the United States, do any of them actually make money? Having to deal with government regulations and the tax on cannabis. So we are about to talk to Sam Sweat. Sam has over 10 years of experience in pharmaceutical sales and patient care. He's owned and operated successful companies in the pharmaceutical arena. He had a hand in helping launch a company called Ancient Nutrition. And in 2016, he started Point Bay, a licensed cannabis operation. He's got extensive knowledge and experience in the cannabis and CBD industry. And he's going to tell us about a new breakthrough product he's dealing with that's pretty cutting edge. All right, Ben, take it from here. We're going to talk to someone who is a really special person in my life, one of my best friends, Samuel Sweat, we have on the podcast today. A very interesting person that I basically grew up with in very formidable years of our lives. We split about the time I went to the Army, and we've reconnected recently. And he and I are like two peas in a pod. Like a bunch of lovers. Like a bunch of lovers. But it's interesting, even though our paths separated, they still ran parallel. Ooh, I like that. And so it'll be funny, I think, for a lot of the listeners, too, because you're going to hear Sam talk about what he's doing and stuff like that. And it's a lot of the things that we've discussed here on the Manfuse podcast. But he's out in Tennessee. Okay. Not far from us in Atlanta, Georgia. Deep in the Tennessee mountains. Ooh. And they're doing some really cool stuff, man. So anyway, I'm excited to get Sam on. Does he have a cult out there? Is I he... guess. I don't know. Is he going to tell us about... <laughs> His cult he's building. He's a badass, he's man. He's got 20 wives doing his dirty work. Just one wife, but I mean, yeah, let's get him on. The stage is yours, Ben H., All and right. I am, as usual, I'm pumped up. I Me mean, too. What's going on, Sam? What's up, Chris? Kay Lee. It's Kay Lee. Not like Kay Lee, but like, like the Kay. letter K. Take a pause, Lee. Lee. (laughs) (laughs) Like P. Diddy. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Something like that. It's great to meet you. So me and Samuel Sweat go back way in the day, don't we, Sam? We do. And we lived an incredible life together on a daily basis. I would say from probably the sixth grade through, I don't know, till I moved to Atlanta, like the ninth or tenth grade, would you say? Yeah. And even beyond that, but specifically those years from, let's say, how old are you in sixth grade? 13, maybe? 12, 12. 13? Yeah. So from like 12 to, let's say, 18. I I was 11. 11 to 18, me and Sam were like, no shoes, four-wheelers in the woods, swimming in lakes, trying to sink in canoes in lakes (laughs) with alligators in them. Setting off alarm systems at the school so the cops would come and we would run from them. (laughs) I mean, we were terrible. But we had so much fun. We 
both went our own directions, I would say, certainly around the time that I left for the military. And Sam has led an incredible life and, and we've come back together. And it's interesting because even though our paths kind of split, we've really lived in parallel as far as our perception of things. And because we're in a very similar place now, actually. Well, I've got friends like that, too, that, you know, for whatever the reason, you know, you kind of go your separate ways and right. go from hanging out literally every day. Right. To not even speaking with them right. necessarily for a couple years. But yeah. as soon as you get back together, you pick right up where That's you left right. the fuck off. And I yep. love those relationships because compared to other relationships, I think we all go through where those relationships are just whiny and needy. And I guess not taxing might not be the word yeah. for it, but it's like, why aren't you doing this with me anymore? You know, it's we're, like we're in a man's podcast. We don't do those things. No, right. I know we don't. But some people do. You know, it's that's it, because they're not in tune with their masculine side. Right? Yeah, they're a bunch of fucking pussies. That's right. <laughs> that's right. Too needy. <laughs> so, Sam, what do you do? What do you got going on? Ben was giving Ooh. me a small rundown of, you know, you said you've had a pretty cool journey and you're in the hills of the Tennessee mountains or something like yeah. that. And you're starting a cult. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> yeah. that's, what, that's what they thought. When we did it. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, that's what I said. Like that. That's what he said. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. That's what she said. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's been an interesting journey, man. I did really well in the age management world. It was kind of like my first, like making decent money, being independent financially. I went from being a personal trainer to working for a guy that uh, we basically sold legal steroids. And this was before pain management and pill mills were really big. Once that got into it, it was a little too much for us. But uh, South Florida is like a mecca for these like gray areas right where doctor patient relationships can be stretched and uh anyways federal government came in shut us down i remember you know i was just recently married became a father overnight you know got a, a five-year-old stepson and dropped me off at work and 20 something DEA agents. It was a joint task force. I mean, like my five-year-old was like, mom, why are there ninjas at dad's work? This is where my livelihood is. And I literally saw them getting out of the car and I'm like getting dropped off. For some reason, I didn't have my car that day and my wife was dropping me off. And I was like, you know, that moment of you know, the pucker effect, like, should I turn and run or should I face this shit? And uh, now were they there for you? They were there for the whole business. Yeah. So okay. I walked in and they came in right behind me. And it was a 18 hour escapade where they took our phones, you know, basically trying to threaten us, all kinds of craziness. But the good thing is, is that um, I was on a recording with a DEA agent and I was always really good about like, okay, well, I can control the words coming out of my mouth. And when you're consulting patients and you're acting like a doctor, but you really aren't, you're just basically telling them what if, if you were them and you, you got to just make sure that you're in control of your words and you really right. there's nothing illegal about it right, right. But other guys were like pushing drugs and you know had other people on recording but i was one of the reasons why these guys didn't go to the prison now the feds when they do this stuff they, they shut down everything they turn off your bank account so they, they were everything was paralyzed and so business was no more even though they beat the case, they lost millions of dollars. I ended up starting my own business, kind of had some good success, almost semi-retired, got back into that. When he was going through that, dude, I was getting like Breaking Bad vibes almost. Like <laughs> yeah. you were living on the edge. Not that you uh, were like doing that. You gave me a feeling of kind of that world that I witnessed on Breaking Bad, just the behind mm -hmm. the scenes. It kind of felt like that for a minute. The guys that we were rolling with then, 
because there were other clinics in South Florida. Remember, it's the mecca of this. The George brothers, Jeff George, like there was a racket where they basically, there's a South Beach rejuvenation or I forget which one of them, but there's a bunch of these clinics. One of them was really bad, man. They basically, they got shut down. But these guys we were partying with on Clamata Street. I mean, they were riding with the Lambo doors open. We were spending, you know, it was just. That's sick. And burn. Yeah. It all crashed and burned, but you know what I mean? Fast like money. Things. Yeah. But um, yeah, man, just got out of crashed like um, South Florida and uh, had a business partner that was basically into it more than I was. Right. That's when bean creams got really big and like we were doing all kinds of insurance reimbursement stuff. We were all making a lot of money. And basically Obamacare came and insurance reimbursement. You know, there's only so long where you can make good money when it comes to this stuff till the big drug companies come in and control it, right? There's always Isn't that this, funny? this war, yeah, against like compounding pharmacies and the pharmaceutical industry. And they're they're kind of in bed together, but they're not. They're kind of competing. I kind of had a huge life change because um, I don't know if you ever remember Damon, Ben. No, I don't remember. Long, became real close with, and he ended up um, in Tallahassee. You're in the military, but basically, yeah. I was part of the largest drug ring in Tallahassee without Dang. going into too many details. And so, what happened was, is everybody got busted, and I was one of the few. It was a crazy story. It'll take a lot longer, but basically, was leaving the re-up place and heading to go pick up Natalie from the airport in my right. brother's Jeep on a suspended license. Oh. And at Jeeps, they have open doors and the right. cops were following me. I have OCD. So basically, we just got back from a crazy party weekend yeah. or something. And I had the, all the dirty clothes and the drugs in one bag and then my clean clothes in another. And I called my brother because I didn't want to go to the airport with this stuff on me. I'm driving yeah. dirty already. And so I basically told him like, hey, come out. I'm going to throw it to you. So as I'm going down a colder sack in you know, Pensacola Street, Tallahassee, right? That was my first house that I bought. My brother and I were roommates. He came out, grabbed the bag. Well, the cops were following me the whole time and didn't see me. And so basically a little bit further down, they pulled didn't me. Didn't see the bag exchange? The head. No, they didn't see that bag go out. So wow. I knew I didn't have anything on me. So by the grace of God, I was like, I would have gone to jail for a long time. I felt guilty, right? And so like, not only am I getting into the age management thing, but I'm in South Florida. Well, my mom worked for Florida Department of Law Enforcement. Okay. So she was able to get this guy down at a work release camp at West Palm Beach. And so I spent doing furlough where I'd pick him up and he'd come out. I got him a job at LA Fitness. Like we were having fun every Saturday. We'd wild out. Like I was still living a selfish life, like basically being wild and crazy, Ben. You know what I mean? And it wasn't going anywhere. Well, that guy ended up going back to prison when I felt so defeated. And another wow. one of my brothers, Ugo, he was supposed to come over and be with me on, you know, we were going to hang out or whatever. And he ended up hanging himself. So all this stuff wow. happened oh, shit. right at that moment, right? That's really like, intense. So like, that is yeah. like some Breaking Bad level stuff. Yeah. I mean, yeah. that's like a different yeah. world where you had like yeah. developed these strong relationships yeah. with people that were deeply embedded into this like gray kind of well gray kind of, space oh it says I mean? gray but obviously gray turned to red at some yeah. point and that's yes, why people were boys, getting yeah. busted well i haven't done anything illegal like that since leaving tallahassee right and after that that was enough of a learning experience yeah of course away from that that whole time in your life, I think, was something that made you into this person that you are today in a way. Mm -hmm. You're a person who has always pushed everything to its absolute <laughs> limit. Okay? Absolute yep. limit. Sam wants, because there's something about Sam, he's so curious about what's there. 
He just wants limit, to see what's there. At that level. Yeah, so he's willing to like push everything. Maybe I'm saying something incorrect, no, Sam. you're spot on. You might know me a little bit. So Sam, he just wants to see. He's just curious. He doesn't even attach really anything right. to it like it's going to make him a bad person or a drug dealer or this or that or no. the other thing. He's just curious no. to see it. He wants to see it. Yeah. <laughs> hey, let me just see it. But the interesting <laughs> thing is that like seemingly changed your focus of your energy, like your light, you know what I mean? It, mm-hmm. it, maybe I'm missing a part of your life here, but it's caused you to yeah. shine a light into a different area. And if 100%. I can, are you still with the girl that had the, do you have your own children now? I'm still with that woman. I'm married 14 years. Oh, congrats years, on that. Happily married. Well, she's got to be what, 19 now then or something? No, 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 no. no. I'm 41. And no, I'm talking about the kid. Oh, yeah, he's 18. Yeah, oh, he, it's 18 a he. Okay, that's what yeah, I'm yeah. saying. I was thinking 19. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, he's okay. 18. 18 yep. years old. Just for reference, I've got 18-year-old stepson. I've got a 12-year-old and a 6-year-old. So, 12-year-old son, oldest biological. I've got a 6-year-old daughter. Wrecked my world, man. Goodness. And then uh, yeah. I've got a nine-year-old foster son as well. Oh, wow. But, you know, we bring kids into our home, and I think we want to get into this nitty-gritty. So when things changed, right, when it comes to this career path, like what I do, I realized really quick that I was too curious about the wrong things. As Ben would say it, I made a shift, started going to church, doing all that stuff. Met a guy that changed my life, man. He's a serial entrepreneur. Him and I became really close. That's when we kind of like sold everything and moved to uh, Missouri from South Florida. Just had my first son, had everything kind of stacked up, had my own business and just felt like I didn't want to raise kids in South Florida and not really called to, to doing this age management thing anymore. I felt like I was tired of working with dudes for vanity purposes. Like the reality is, is that when you're selling steroids, your number one client is a guy that is probably using it for the wrong reasons. You're talking about erectile dysfunction and all these different things with these guys. So it's of like, course. they're telling you about how many girlfriends they got on the side and all this stuff. And it uh. just wasn't what I wanted to be around anymore. I'm hundred percent, never cheated on my wife, hundred percent committed to her. I'm not sexist, but this might come out like I am, but I don't want, like my daughter and my wife are the only women in my life. Like really, the only reason why I have female acquaintances is because of guy friends they're complicated i don't want to be close to them i want to be close to the ones i got you know what i'm saying right of course (laughs) right correct me if i'm wrong in my perception of things but when you're dealing with people that are trying to alter their body in such a fast Uh way they're cheating when you have these people that are swallowing growth hormones there's something and and i'm not saying i'm perfect or anything it's kind of clear to see and like you just mentioned and they're like oh i've got all these girls on the side and i don't know if it's narcissist where Mm -hmm. they think that the bigger and jack they get the teenier the balls they get the image of themselves is somehow going to be better I was a personal trainer. I only worked, this is how vain I was. I only worked with fitness competitors. Why would I only work with fit? Because I didn't want to be around juiced up, sweaty, because I'd be around the hottest physically girl. But all of them had eating disorders. Right. I dated one girl. She used to, I used to wake up and I'd, you know those jiffy jars you get at Costco? The whole thing would be gone. Oh my goodness. And I'd be like, what, what's going on here? And then like, I'd hear in the bathroom, you know what I mean? Throwing oh up. Like, my gosh. The most beautiful on the outside women in the world, the most poisoned and dark because it's an industry, right? Really is only on the surface. And so it was something that I was definitely exposed to and around in South Florida. So there's a lot of reasons why we got out of there, but everybody thought we were joining a cult, found God and like had these new friends and was like selling everything. And then we moved out to Missouri and it was probably one of the hardest times for my family and I, more so for my wife, because she was from South Florida, always had, you know, five minutes to whatever she wanted. right? Right. And we were living out in such a remote place and she was trying to homeschool 
school and man, such a strong woman. Cause I don't know who would actually do that. Like she went through it all and now we've got trauma and a lot of stuff from it, but either way, it was an amazing time in our life. I got to hunt for like eight months cause I was semi-retired then. I wasn't really working for this guy that owns all these businesses now that I'm partnered with in the natural health space. And so I was hunting in the woods. Like I got to deer hunt Ben for like nine months straight i mean like her certified organic ranch yeah, bro, like that's every day i would love to do that right now it that would so be much, amazing basically things didn't work out in missouri like we thought it was just a season in our life and i ended up having an opportunity to uh move my family from south central missouri to really cool place in the world in the country central coast of california the company that i was working for they gave me a medicinal mushroom farm to manage and oversee a medicinal mushroom farm, meaning are we talking all different types of, because there's different types of mushrooms that aren't necessarily psychedelic, which go into yeah. over-the-counter medicines. You're talking about lion's mane, reishi, cordyceps. That's basically what we had. We've got a, uh, still to this day, we produce medicinal mushrooms. We have patented substrates. We do a lot of unique things. So getting into more about like what I do. So uh, from a high level, like without me kind of going through, you know, the history of me and what I've done right now. I work for a dietary supplement manufacturer. The guy that owns everything is my buddy that I became close to and we kind of partnered together in, in faith and like business and a bunch of different things. He owns the ranch in Missouri. He also owns the medicinal mushroom farm. The good thing about this guy is, is that he'll let you buy into it. If you're sold out, if you're partnering, he treats it almost like a family business with his friends. I'm in that circle, right? And so I've got like little pieces of things. And so I feel like I'm not just working for the man, even though I really am. But right. It feels a little bit better when you have some ownership in it and you have a personal connection with the guy that owns it. I talk to him more about personal stuff than business. We're at that place now. So dietary supplement manufacturer, a 4,000 acre ranch out in Missouri still have that. We've got two different regenerative agricultural projects where we've got, we've partnered with the Rodale Institute, which is kind of the founders of the USDA organic movement. So we're proving concept. I don't know if you guys know, like, this is the trend in consumer habits where everything's about, we give back, we do this. Oh, yeah. we, you're overpaying for something. And if you look behind it, it's really not what it thinks it is. And mm. so we've just, you know, like that's one good thing about this guy that owns everything. He's a good guy. Like he's not going to lie to you. Now he's a shrewd business person. He right. manipulates things, you know, but he has no intention to hurt anyone. Right. right. And so I know his heart. I work with him. Anyways, his hands in a lot of different things. So on the dietary supplement side, what kind of was the beginning of this journey working for him is not just the medicinal mushroom, but I was one of the groups that started a company called Ancient Nutrition. It's a supplement line. Okay. No way. So the guy that I'm partnered with, he started another company that had a lot of success I wasn't a part of. And so he just had this like resume and, you know, track record. And he also kind of like, I'm new to the crowd. He's got other guys that, right. you know, he went to college with and stuff. And so they, he just keeps people close that he trusts. And so we started Ancient Nutrition. I was the person that ordered the raw material for a category in the supplement space. So just like whey protein, somebody created mm. that once. There right. was a first mover there, right? Well, we were the first when it comes to bone broth protein powder. A really cool story, but we skyrocketed. We went from like valuation of 10 million to like 300 in two years. So Dang. when that happens, when your business grows that fast, there's a lot of collateral damage. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You throw a lot of poop on the wall and I hope it sticks. You shuffle it around. So there was just a lot of different things. But one of the reasons why I don't work directly for Ancient Nutrition anymore is because during this period of time, I'm curious, as Ben would say. So okay. I'm the guy that's in these guys' ears on pushing the envelope. So I believe that 
plant medicine, cannabis, psilocybin, all these things should be readily available and they shouldn't really go through this pharmaceutical legal system that we have. However, it has to. I still believe that when it comes to the conservative Christians out there, when it comes to these people that are very legalistic, they're missing out on some amazing medicines on the cannabis side. So one of the reasons why originally I was very much involved with ancient nutrition, but then private equity money came in. It just made sense for me to come out of because all those investments that were attached to hemp and cannabis had to come out. So we had a business out in California and then we had a business here in Tennessee and we had a business in Missouri that was all related to hemp and cannabis. And so when that private equity group came in, I had to shift with everything. And so since then, I've been, we've got a lot of really cool things going on, you know, without going into things that can't be on podcasts. Even here in Georgia, there are people that are growing. There are farms producing for what's legal here through whatever hoops and whatever sickness that you have where you can access marijuana or THC, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. to be used for medical treatments and Mm -hmm. stuff. So are you operating along those same lines in Tennessee or can you not answer that? No, 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 no. I can answer it. I'll I'll be forthright. Easy for you to share and not something that's I'm too worried about. So basically since 2015, I've been in the legal cannabis industry. It started with investments and licensure in the state of California. So 2016, cannabis in California. So first of all, California is the fifth largest economy in the world, just California alone. In the dietary supplement world, in the natural health world, in the fashion world, in everything, guess what drives the ship? Consumer spending habits in California. Yes, 100%. These guys know this stuff. California is also the most messed up. Basically what they had was, is they had a pseudo legal, illegal, unregulated market out there based on a compassionate care act where people could have collectives and it was all designed for people to just have access to the medications for them to be able to grow their own and consume their own. But what we do as a man, we figure out how to manipulate it. It became a really thriving black gray market where everybody was making a bunch of money and the government wasn't making anything off of it. And so that all changed in 2016. And I was involved. Me and my brother were out there and we were trying to, you know, do this. And I had some investor money and we were trying to basically do what we knew how to do in the dietary supplement world in the cannabis world. That didn't work. We lost a bunch of money. The minute the government gets involved, at least that I've experienced, I do not think there is a way to have a sustainable, profitable business in any of these state-regulated cannabis markets with the taxation and the government oversight. It is impossible. The only way that these companies are staying afloat, because I've lost my money and other people's money, we've probably lost around $4 in commercial cannabis and around 12 in hemp. You got to go to the black market. So that's the only way that these companies are actually making money because there's different avenues. And so these businesses, anybody holding licenses that's paying taxes on this stuff, either they're losing money or they're making it up somewhere else. There's no in between. Right. And so you have that and then you've got these like Canadian stocks and all these different groups that are publicly (laughs) traded. It's just funny money. It's not real. They're losing too. They have to walk the legal line, but on the side, they're having to do something back door. There are groups out there like the Wrigley family and Certera and different. I'm not saying everybody's illegal, but they're not making money. They're losing money. They're controlling the marketplace. Eventually, they can kind of keep it sustainable, but it's more of a long-term play based on federal legalization. It's not a medium and small-sized business venture that you want to get into 
and not have some other type of grace funding source. No, it totally makes sense. And I always thought that to myself too. And I don't know what those numbers are. There are hoops, the inventory, they need to know everything about everything. (laughs) But I thought to myself, there's no way these guys are making a killing. No, so many people jumped in because it, oh, they thought it was cool or they thought they could, no, man, everybody lost their butt or they're just losing money and okay with that. Like I've got guys in the circle of me that are doing that and that's okay. But the problem is you get into this thinking you're going to make profits like any other business in two or three years. Right. It's not happened since 2016. I literally just bailed out of one business in Cali because, and it's solvent, you know, I'm I'm now, I've got a building that we own. At least we've got some ownership in hard Mm -hmm. real estate, but I'm trying to sell the building out there. Like still an amazing learning experience. And I think for some, it might just be the simple fact that they're just passionate about weed. And being mm-hmm. in that business of something that they've been hiding all their lives to smoke, mm-hmm. you know, and being able to legally grow these strains. And, you know, I mean, there's a passion to that. But like mm-hmm. you said, if they're either getting close to breaking even or they're losing money or if they mm-hmm. are gaining, they've got some cash buried in the backyard. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's crazy, man. I, have you ever seen cash decompose? No, but I'm sure it could. It's paper. I've literally seen it to where it's falling apart. Do you know how much cash is buried in the hills of Humboldt County? No. How much? So my brother still lives out there. You know Murder Mountain, the Netflix In Humboldt County? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I've heard of Humboldt. Oh, yeah. That's where we were. It's bizarre. Dealing with the Bulgarians, dealing with all these things. It's just like going from Tallahassee to California. So how much cash is buried in the Humboldt Mountains? millions and millions like if you had to guess one number what would it be well these guys get stoned they bury it because they don't have anywhere to put it and they get stoned and they forget it no way that's hilarious (laughs) oh yeah there's people out there with like metal detectors trying to find cans that's so funny i do a lot of voiceover and Mm -hmm. i Mm -hmm. have been and there was one it's kind of like a i forgot the name of it i'd have to look it up but there's one weed type marketing company agency Mm -hmm. that has, Mm -hmm. you know, produced commercials, you know, for pre-rolls or stuff on the internet or whatever. But I did a Humboldt documentary that I had to voice and it was so cool. It's called the Humboldt story. Got, you know, interviews from these potheads that have been in Humboldt County for since the rush, you know, when the federales come out, the environment is ripe out there for that. Okay, so you have good climate, right? The problem is, is that it was ripe for when NAM was over and people were trying to like escape government. And that's really where cannabis came from in Northern California. You had a bunch of beat up vets that were pissed off at the government that smoked weed overseas and were like, I'm going to grow this here. And so it's interesting. That's where it started, right? There's more cannabis going all over the world coming from that area. It has been since that time. That's not changing. It's still there. It's just gotten more sophisticated. It's of course. It maybe people have gotten caught, whatever. But so that's just part of the culture there. Right. But the problem is, is that that was all developed based on them. Now it's commercialized. Now you've got farms in the valley growing weed for so much cheaper. It's just so sad. The state of California, they're so messed up. Okay, they basically have like a twenty to thirty percent tax on this, and then they allow the municipalities to put their tax on it. So in certain areas. You're talking about 30 to 40% tax and you can't deduct. You're talking about a losing battle. And then you have these small and medium-sized businesses that have been growing weed in the hills forever. that are good people that are like what you say. They're doing it because they're passionate about the plant. They believe it's medicine and they believe they can do good with it, but they can't compete. And so many businesses 
have been bellied up, suicides. It's just, I mean, it's cool, but it's also, there's a dark side to this, right? Like, Sounds like it. It's been gnarly, man. Yeah, I mean, when I was a teenager, when I started smoking weed, and I think at the time, I'm getting Mexican swag here in Atlanta. Weed has come a long Long way. way. And But if you ever got a hold of anything, they said it was from Humboldt, you were like, oh my God, the best, because, and it didn't happen often. Especially when I was like 15, 16, and I started experimenting. Mm -hmm. It was rare, and it was hard to get. I don't even know where you would get Mexican swag anymore. Very interesting because, you know, the Mexican drug trade is growing hydro now. There's no such thing as brickweed like we used to have. Right, like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Seeds oh, and yeah. shit in it. And that's a thing of the past, man. And Humboldt kind of set the standard for that. You know what I mean? It's uh, it's pretty cool. That is but, very, uh, very cool. So anyways, yeah, so that... I'm in this, right? But now it's kind of an interesting time where I'm definitely, I'm out of trying to play that role. So now I'm just working with established brands. There's a a non-alcoholic cannabis infused beverage line. And so I think this is the future, guys. I believe that there's this organic foods movement. People are just becoming smarter. They're realizing that what they eat makes a difference. Yes. And so people are getting away from drinking alcohol. Baby boomers right now are actually the number one demographic. It's true. I mean, they're still drinking heavy. Oh, I know. But it's you're starting to see a shift, right? And I so, backed off of it big time. Well, you know? yeah. So yeah. what you're saying is like, for instance, I have in my possession something that you can squirt in your drink. It's like fruit punch. Yeah. And it's got THC in it. And it just makes nice. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No yeah. way. But I also have yep. some- I'm going like, to need some of that. And I also have some Hennessy. <laughs> Some liquor that has some THC in it also. Wow. I don't want that. Yeah, I know. (laughs) But what I'm saying is, is that what you're talking about? Referring to something like that? Because I've Um, seen people drinking this liquid. So there's just so much. So what you're dealing with, it's called nano or it's basically like a way to process because oil and water doesn't mix no matter what. Right. It's impossible. So. What you're seeing is is basically an emulsification. What you're seeing out there is is basically the common technology when it comes to creating a beverage, something like a water-soluble cannabis product, is where they basically use a sonicator. It's, they use like sound and frequency, and it basically allows the molecules of the cannabinoid to get to a certain place. Now, you have to refine it a lot before you get to that, but it allows it to be able to be suspended in a like emulsion problem is that there is no consistency with that. But over time, I don't care what anybody says, everybody says if it's an emulsion, if it's a nano emulsion, which is pretty much every water soluble or every water-based cannabinoid product out there, it's going to settle over time. Yeah. And even if it doesn't settle, it's not. It's not the same every time. No, exactly. It's not. And so what we need to understand is, is cannabis it doesn't really get through that blood brain barrier well like it's not an efficient way of doing it and so i've actually after i get contract done but we're i'm under an nda with this group so i have to be careful but they're basically like a uh, technology company and they've perfected using a crazy technology to get the cannabinoid down to a certain molecule size and then they have a way to where it locks in encapsulated and i know this is crazy but it's almost like in the quantum realm like they break it down using a technology that I can't tell you about, but basically it breaks it down so small in the quantum realm, and then they add something to it to where it locks into a matrix. It bonds with water to where it's oil, but it's now locked in, and it's not, it doesn't change. It doesn't settle. And what I'm getting at, it stays Mm -hmm. more consistent. 100%. It doesn't even hit your liver because it's so absorbable. It goes past the blood-brain barrier as soon as it hits your mouth. So by the time 
it passes into your upper gut, it's already gone. It won't make it into your liver. Your body yeah, doesn't wow. have to process no, no. it. And these guys, bro, these are some smart. They don't know a lot about branding and marketing. So that's where me and my group are coming in because of our experience. But they're like super knowledgeable when it comes to the science of this stuff. Right. Yeah, it and sounds like what that. happens is they were able to research and development this brand. And it's called Lifted. You can look it up out there. The product is amazing. We're probably going to start pushing it. You know, it's like we're going to try to get it into distribution. We're, you know, doing a bunch of different things. But what it does is they've formulated this almost mimic the ritual of cocktails to where it's supposed to enter your bloodstream. I love it. So you can literally have a drink and feel cool like you just had an alcohol drink. And that's what they've done. They've perfected that ability to get into the bloodstream, to have no side effects of alcohol, but have a very similar effect. So that, because that's the biggest problem with people. That's why everybody gets a bad rap. That's amazing. Because edibles freaking hit you too hard or you don't feel them at all. It's, it's true. like, how do you get that middle point, right? Right. But yeah, man, I'm locked in with that. We're going to have a, a beverage line. I'm going to, you know, try to focus on that more. That is only going to be available in states that. That's where this law is just so loose, man. So here's. This is where you have to understand that federal farm bill, so there's all these different government agencies. So the DEA and the FDA, the DEA is leaning more on the federal farm bill. So now you still have the FDA that won't rule on anything. They're like the last one to say anything, right? That's who regulates the dietary supplement industry. And they're super, super conservative. But the federal farm bill allows for Delta-8 and the HHC, but it's based on supposedly coming from a legal hemp source And as long as Delta-9 is 0.3% or less of the total weight, it's legal. But it's not regulated by the FDA. It's still in this weird gray market. So all the hemp-derived, it's the same stuff that's in these state-regulated markets. Let's be honest. There's no real difference. So this particular product is coming from legal hemp. It's way below the 0.3% or less, and it can ship anywhere in the U.S. Oh, wow. We're not talking beer. We're talking spirits like gin. Now- the problem is, is that we got to perfect the flavoring, but it's still worth it, man. Send awesome. us some. I want to try them, will, dude. Brother. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it sounds, sounds really that good. Sounds real cool. Do you own some acreage? Man, I got about 16 acres. I live next to the coolest neighbor in the world. He lives in uh, Aruba. He's there right now, but he's got 300 acres all around me in a huge house. And he's only here during like the nice time of the year, but I've got a private road that he maintains that he gives me easement to, and I'm encapsulated by his, all of his property. And I've got a, you know, a verbal agreement with him. I use it all. My dogs, they don't have a, they just run. Right. Like, I don't, See, there's 300 acres you got. I live on a hill. I look over Valley and yeah, I love it. The lowest property taxes in the country in Lewis County where I live. And the cool part is, is you have so many Californians and people trying to leave these places to, it's not like Missouri where I lived before. It's very like neglected. The largest convoy of hippies ever, it's in history, it came back in like that Jesus movement back in the day came to this area in Summertown where they have a community, a planned hippie community right near where I live. At one point it was 2,000 people in the history books. So this is a really cool area that I just stumbled along because what brought us here was when ancient nutrition was exploding and bone broth protein was going buck wild. What helped going buck wild was we partnered, emerged, acquired DrAxe.com, which is a basically they were like a direct to consumer. Uh-huh. Josh Axe is, is a part, like the number two partner, 50 50 with Jordan on it. That's what brought us to, they were in Cool Springs, and that's what brought us here. How far out are you from Chattanooga? 
I'm probably about three and a half hours. So okay. in Nashville, I'm about an hour and 10 minutes south, south. Okay. All right. West of, yep. So from Atlanta to get to Nashville, is like four and a half. So would you have to go yep. further then? I'm about four, four and a half. I'm just okay. south. So like, yeah, okay. it depends on what side. If I'm going to Northern Atlanta, then it's further. But if I'm going Southern Atlanta, still about the same time. I'll tell you, man, Tennessee is a beautiful state. It is, I mean, and there's so many cool places. You got Chattanooga, you got Nashville, I don't know, you know, Memphis is a little ghetto, but when you drive through Tennessee with all the mountains, it's just awesome. Because of Nashville, I'll speak to this specifically, in this plant medicine movement, when it comes, music is so powerful, right? And there's just a huge... It's really cool to see the influence that Nashville brings in. Oh, yeah. Right? Because of the music scene, it is the coolest people out here. And they don't want to live in the city. All these guys, you know, all the people, they want to have these cool little homestead farms, right? Like all around Nashville. And so I kind of live in and through that. And it's an amazing place where I've lived in a place where the closest store was 30 minutes away. And it was in Missouri. It was a super Walmart. It took us two and a half, three hours to get to Branson where we could actually get to a good health food store. That's how remote it was. At the peak of our workforce, we had a higher number of employees than population in the town that we were in. Oh wow! So like that's one small town living. But where I live here, I'm an hour from an airport. I'm 30 minutes from good food. There's just one of the most amazing communities of like these libertarian people that have gotten fed up with the city life, right? And then mm-hmm. you got that and mixed in with this music scene. And I'm in love with the air. If I was to move, Tennessee is dope. And I'm- there's no state income tax. Uh-huh. That's big, no, They had dude. the franchise. You got to work around that. But yes, the state that's income is, is sweet. Yeah, yeah, that is awesome. Buy a mountain. Mountain um, man fused. We've got mountain man fused. <laughs> 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 We would have like obstacle courses uh-huh. and oh, like yeah. side by sides and uh-huh. dirt you'd, bikes you'd ride, and shit. You'd be riding water buffalo and shit. Yeah, we well, like, now have horses and side by side and have our faces sculpted at the top of the mountain like Rushmore. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> I want my face in that rock. Well, you guys, you're welcome to come out, man. We've got two cabins out at this regenerative farm that we're at, and it's uh, we host people all the time, man. You'd enjoy it, man. That's if you incredible. guys ever need a place. We yeah, do. We need a place. So so let me just to sum it up real quick. So the product what? that you are putting out, Lifted, are they really trying to attack the alcohol industry? Hey, you could feel just yes, as good. No. I mean, the alcohol industry is not something that you're going to take down. No, not exactly. overnight. Yeah. It's like cigarettes yeah. almost. But yeah. it is going to be an alternative. So the alcohol industry is getting into this. Uh-huh. Just like the uh, tobacco, Philip Morris got into the vape side. Of, of things, course, right? yeah, because like, he can't let other people get money. Yeah, you just got to work with it. The guys that are the founders of this technology, they're all in AA recovered. So I would say they've owned rehab facilities and different things. So I'd say that they're against alcoholism. But they're definitely okay with working with big alcohol. We've got an investor in one of the hemp projects that he owns, one of the largest beer, wine, and spirit distribution hubs in our country. And he's investing. He's got a cannabis CEO guy that does all. And he said, I've worked with him in different projects. And so it's definitely happening. This is the future. Really, it is. These types of non-alcoholic beverages. It's amazing. It's just the beginning. So what is a regenerative farm? So basically it's, remember how I told you about the fact that all these brands out there, they're trying to like offset their carbon footprint and say, hey, we'll get, we'll donate this amount, all that. So these guys, 
Josh and Jordan, they're actually doing it. They looked into all these other programs. They just didn't. A lot of it isn't what you think it is. Right. So, But is it a farm with like animals or does it yeah, have yeah. like so what they're doing just is veggies? They, yeah, no, no. Do y'all got fruit trees? No, it's very, very calculated. Yes, we do have fruit trees, but. Apples? Yep. So I want to get an apple tree. <laughs> I want an apple tree bad. Think about how much stuff yeah. you can make off one apple tree. You can make apple juice, <laughs> apple cider. You can make apple, apple pie. pie. I'm like yeah. the Bubba Gump of apple trees yeah. over here. You're right, Ben. You're on something. <laughs> <laughs> He's a thinker. Ice cream and apples. Uh, yeah, yeah. Apple ice cream. All the apples I can fucking <laughs> shove in my mouth. What is yeah. the best apple? I don't know. If I, I, don't, oh, I think that's a personal preference. Honey crisp. Yes. Fuji. Gala. 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 <laughs> Why'd you Gala? say Gala? I don't know. You didn't want to say gay. Yeah, I didn't. <laughs> I What's didn't want favorite? to offend anybody. <laughs> What's your favorite apple, Kaylee? Granny Smith. <laughs> a Granny Smith. Isn't that right? Coming Did through I say with the green right? sour apple. Yeah, I'm, I'm a sour yeah. guy. I want that big fat sour right in my mouth. <laughs> How about you, Sam? <laughs> I'm a Granny Smith uh, oh, favorite, too. No Boom. way. Ring it up. No yeah. way. Order up. Yeah. Ding, ding. See, I yeah. was over here thinking that Granny Smith would be at, like, the back of the line. No, but actually, no. it's at the front of many lines, huh? Yes. 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 The oh, sourness. Yeah. I go face first into the Granny Smith. Because <laughs> we've got sophisticated taste buds. That's here. right. Yeah, you yeah. guys are way yeah. more sophisticated Superior. than yeah. me because I like a big, Pink juicy, <laughs> luscious. I like to bite into this red apple. Like and it's so sweet. Sweet, it's apple, just like it's okay. the juice is just running down my face. You know what I'm saying? Oh, that's my favorite apple. Now I can picture it now. <laughs> Whatever the fuck that apple is, uh, that's my favorite apple. <laughs> it's glistening, it's from, it's and it's from George Washington's yard. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> 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 it's uh, from the tree chopped down uh, yeah yeah uh, that's right that's exactly what i was thinking of when you started this rant well talking about <laughs> apples i mean have you ever had fucking the stella artois you know stella yeah they make a cider Ooh. and they launch Ooh. it around christmas time oh my wife loves ciders oh, so dude, good ciders uh, <laughs> <laughs> hey, and that's, that's not ethanol ben it's not Nope. If it's done right. That's what I'm into, bro. Amen. Yeah. I'm into whatever's not ethanol. Yeah. Or, yeah. Whatever yep. ciders. Yes. yes. Yeah. Anything, anything yeah. apple-ish. <laughs> <laughs> anything, anything apple-y. <laughs> Think about it. Apples really. Apples are great. Top tier food source. You know, I have to say, but day. if we're talking, if we're rating fruit here. Okay, yeah. guys. What if you I had to eat one fruit for the rest of your life? Which I'd one? probably have to say it would have to be ripe of the right ripeness. Okay. Every time. And if I had to choose it, I'd probably say like a nectarine or a peach. To me. A nectarine or a peach. Yeah. Oh, so you're in the peach family. Oh, yeah. I you mean, like, like that perfect I, peach. I like the perfect peach. Yeah. But then again, mango is a fucking bomb ass fruit. Too. Yeah. Top of the list. Yeah. Do you know that mango is actually like the most widely eaten fruit in that, the world? That was my nickname in high school. It was mango. It was. <laughs> no. That's your new name. You they call me Mango. How do you get a mango nickname? I'm I know. I was joking. I was well, totally mango joking. is in the peach okay. family, kind of. Well, I don't know if it's a peach or not, but it's kind of in the peach family. Well, you don't eat, or the, maybe peaches in the mango typically family. Typically, on a mango. No, it's a different thing altogether. Mm -hmm. But it's more like a peach than, let's say, an apple. 
Yeah, because it, I mean, it has a giant pit versus you know. A yeah, the flesh is similar. Mm. Yeah, it's juicy. Mm. Yes, it is. I'm hungry, man. I yeah, I know. It's that same juice. What so about you, Sam? One fruit for the rest of your life. Kaylee named well, three, but we get. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but they're at least they're all in the same family. Yeah, he okay? chose a family. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we at this regenerative agriculture center, ten minutes from my house, we grow all kinds of really cool exotic fruits. No way. And so when you guys come in year round, we've got hundred thousand year round growing, right? And so on the tallest passion fruit vines, you go in there, you grab you a passion fruit. Oh. And Kaylee, you like sour. Yeah. I'm telling you, it's the perfect sweet and sour superfood. You crack wow. that open right on the vine. You suck it out. Damn. If you're used to if textures are a thing, if you're good at going down on her, you know what I mean? It's like an you oyster. Be good at this. Like it's nature's like, oyster. Uh, <laughs> it's so good. It's got all these like anyway, so that's my yeah. favorite. Passion fruit. So that's your favorite. Yeah, right off of a vine passion fruit. Hands down. So you can just go right now. You could if you wanted to, if you're so inclined, you could drive down the road to a fruit yep. farm and walk yep. through and the, just eat fruit. Walk through yep. the fence. Just walk 100%. around and eat fruit. I'll spark up a joint in the greenhouse and just yes. walk through and eat fruit. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh he's living. My See, that dream. sounds amazing. It is uh, amazing. That sounds so, so cool. When I went to Thailand, <laughs> had a lot of passion fruit out there. Yeah. And I also had this one stinky ass fruit called the durian fruit. Yeah, yeah, that that wasn't fruit, bro. No, it was <laughs> this fucking thing. This thing smelled like a chicken plant. <laughs> How does that fruit smell like a chicken plant? Why does it smell like a chicken? Why does it smell like a chicken plant? Nani is uh, one of them that's supposed to be the most, It's a, I think it's a fruit, but yeah, there's some really gnarly stuff in these jungles, mm. man, that, that yeah. we grow that oh. takes an acquired taste to consume. Let's just say that. And you have oh, those yeah. on the regenerative, the regenerative yes. farm. Oh, yes, that's cool. yes. So to get back to that, we have a, it's a program where, you know, Jordan and the Rodale Institute have developed what we call a flirt. It's the combination of a flock and a herd. And so basically it's a diverse species of birds and a diverse species of mammals, goats, sheep, some cows. And he's actually the largest certified organic water buffalo breeding program in north america so he's water got buffalo can you eat water em? buffalo yes there's more they water got, like buffalo in terms of domestic they have wagyu water buffaloes <sighs> well that'd be crazy that. it's not now this is water on buffaloes. your property is this down the no street this is 10 me? minutes from where i live yeah oh no, wow. this is where the fruit is yes and how yes. many so acres have, is that that's thousands? about 100 acres okay that's about 100 acres and then that's where like we're modeling testing everything and then jordan's got in missouri he's got a much larger is 4,000 acres out there, and he's trying to do it out there. The climate in Missouri is not the same as Tennessee. It's pretty so, hot. Well, it's just more volatile. It gets cold, right? It gets real freaking cold. Yeah, the highs and lows cold. are worse. Like anywhere that you grow tobacco naturally outdoors is really the best growing region. So Tennessee, Kentucky, this is where all the tobacco was grown. This right. is why cannabis and hemp came in big in this area. Interesting. This is a spot. So we have and then we measure that. So the whole point of this regenerative agriculture thing is not only to have diverse species and doing all these other things is also to prove a model to where we can build topsoil and barren land. And so we have like these programs of trash to treasure where we go to like local natural health food stores and restaurants that have organic food scraps. And we take those, we dump them out. We measure the topsoil. We have these, you know, because all these tree huggers, man, like a bunch of know, hypocrites. Plant, it, the problem is, is that you need a diverse species. Like you can't, you have to have animals to basically do the work because that's what it's, everything has to work together. It's this holistic thing. 
Jordan's proving it with a research institute. We've got that going on, and it's just really cool, man. That's and, awesome. And, amazing. Ancient Nutrition is the, the leader in that, right? They're funding it. That's their give back, and that's what they're actually doing it. See, all these other companies out there, they say they're doing stuff. I love Ancient Nutrition. They, they are doing it. Hold on now. Oh. Nobody asked me, but my fruit. <laughs> Would be. Oh, yeah. Oh, sorry. We don't care. You already yeah. expressed yeah. it was an apple, wasn't it? Well, I, we just assumed. Are you changing it now? I didn't you, go. Well, that was you your know? first. You brought up apples like it was like, everybody, shut up so Ben can say what his fruit would be if he had to eat one for the rest of his life. I like grapes. Oh, yeah. Make wine out of grapes. Of grapes and you like wine? If it's one fruit for the rest of my life, it's grapes. A good, crisp grape, bro. Dude, oh. green grapes. Not the no darker, the better. The blacker yeah. the grape, the better. Uh, the sweeter no. the juice, baby. I like yeah, no, if, if Don't give me a mushy grape. I want that shit I don't to want be it mushy, firm. But I want it yeah. sweet. I want it to be like a... Crisp, juicy, and sweet. Have you had grapes, Ben? Have you had I have. Yes. They're kind of green. They got a little pink on them. Sure. I want my grape to feel like a hard <laughs> boob implant. That's yeah, you almost want it to I feel want. like gel. Oh, I want it like to like hardened gel. I want it to pop if you I like squeeze green it. grapes. Sam's Club has a variety of green grape that is the exact mm. consistency you're talking about. Oh, they're okay. Large mm. in size, they're juicy and they're crisp and they're beautiful. Well, we need mm. to send. I know this. where all the grapes are. We'll send this air check to Sam so Does we can the try to regenerative get regenerative board for advertising. Grapes? Do they have grapes, Sam? Yes, we do, but they're Dude. not like, so muscadine grapes have they're the muscadines. healthiest. Oh, I love uh, muscadines. Yeah, so we got a lot of muscadines. What? Scuppernong. Do you have a stream for mm. these water buffalo? They build do they need the, water? They're oh, called yeah. water buffalo. You can't yeah, yeah, yeah. deprive do them they live in water? of their name. Yeah. So they like live in a lake? No, I think they just no. go in it. A uh, lot. No, we, we built a uh. big like, you know, dam, mm. pond. Yeah, they had access to water. Okay, so. They do they do go in it though? Oh, yeah. They yeah. love it. Hence they have the name, feet. Water Buffalo. Do they, like, swim like a dog, or do they just kind of hang out? No, no. They sink. and uh, <laughs> They drown all the time. Have you ever well, ridden they, a water buffalo? In the water? You've ridden one? I have ridden one, yes. Dude, I want to ride a water buffalo. Yesterday yeah, on, you did? Bro. Let's go. No, no, not yesterday. Uh, you never mounted a water buffalo <laughs> just yesterday. I could. Dude, I, that's I, amazing. How friendly and approachable are they? Here's something crazy, guys. <laughs> you, you're used to, you know, cows and you're a farmer and all this, right? Like the difference of how inbred and stupid cows are in our country versus yeah. these water buffalo. Really? They will look into your soul. They're the smartest animals wow. ever. When you rub them, they don't stink like cows. Wow. They're freaking, they can jump fences. They can get out of anything. No you just way. Have to, they're super smart. I'm telling you, it, they're the coolest livestock animal I've ever been around. Man. That's and so you can, cool. And you can rub their belly. One. Like, and the cool part is, is ours are so chill that the goats stand on them. And we got pictures of it doing it where the goats are like, and they, they like it. You know, How big is a water bottle? Like, is it like the size oh, of a bison? Yeah, it's huge. That's yeah. what I'm picturing in my head. Oh, yeah, I just haven't big, seen a big. picture of a water buffalo. In a Super smart. They got like the best sense of smell. They don't have foot issues. It's just like a, a more sustainable livestock. They're prominent in Asia and Africa and all these places because our cows are babied and pampered. They couldn't survive in the real world. You know, like it's like our chickens. Like when you really look at our food source and what's going on, that our country's got it wrong. So Jordan is definitely... Wow. You know, bringing that species in and proving a model, and, and they're they're just amazing, man. The problem is, is milking them. They have the best they milk. Have milk. 
Yes. Just want to. I want some butter. I want to make butter out of that. Milk. I just want oh, to yeah. milk one. Yeah. <laughs> the finest cheese in the world comes from buffalo milk. Dang. I didn't even know that. Some of it. Now let's educate us and our audience on why it's hard to milk a oh. water buffalo. Well, because they're not. <laughs> they're you not can only willing. Milk, <laughs> you can only uh, milk they're, they're, the males. Yeah. They, remember, they're really, really It's smart. not milk, son. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we make cheese with their cum. <laughs> yeah. Hey, you chose the wrong one. <laughs> but he let you finish. Jesus, no, no, when you're milking, it's a female. Milk. When you're milking, it's a female. You don't have to worry about the wrong one. Unless you were oh jacking off a male. <laughs> yeah. Hey, the vets do that. We'll do a podcast with our vet, and then we can. That would be really cool if you guys can get Dude, video. These things are rowdy. And when the vets like, you know taking care of them and popping cysts and doing all that kind of stuff. We've actually done podcasts out there from other groups. Oh yeah. And the, the biggest likes that they get are the vet doing gross stuff. No, I could imagine. I'm yeah. looking at these water buffaloes, man. Their horns are wild. Dude, their head is yep. wild. The bone on their head. Do they, they ram each out. other? I want one like huh? I want to mount one. Do they do they ram wall. each other? Do you uh, hear like can. if you get two males that are like We've had some issues where you have to keep them separate. Yeah, they're. I'll bet you could hear Dude, that. Can I get a, smack? How do we get a skull? I want yeah. a water buffalo skull. Pictures of water buffaloes right now. See, here's some in water. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> water in, buffaloes in, in water. In their natural <laughs> habitat. Do you guys put them in like stables or do they just stay out all the time? No. Yeah, we rotate them. It's a very controlled like grazing pattern. Every day they move to a separate area of the 100 acres. They're in like one thing they do not like is electricity. So it's basically like they don't uh, like electricity. No, 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 no. So they can feel it. They can hear it. Yeah. So they won't once they learn hot wire, they won't they typically won't test it. Oh, wow. Now, if something's in between mom and baby or if it's like like a big storm or something, nothing's holding them. These horns look like a bad day. Well, now there's Cape Horn. So just the water buffaloes are they're much more docile, probably the most aggressive and dangerous animal in the world is the other species of water buffalo in africa cape horn i think that's what they are i think that's probably what you're looking at ben those things look that's like the shit you see on nat geo they're called cape horn those things are very territorial and they'll fuck you up yeah they're like the hippos of the water but the land that you got to be real careful with those so hippos are domestic hippos are dangerous as very dangerous Those things are Do you mean. see those videos when they're chasing the boat? That thing would bite that boat in half. Oh, my God. Yep. It'd bite you in half. Get mm-hmm. a bigger fucking boat if we're going to be out here. But dude. not only mm-hmm. do they swim like a mother, but they sit at the bottom of the water, and they can run fast as fuck in the water and on yep. land. They'll mess you dude. up. That's how I am with like with a peach or a nectarine. Yeah, I'm, I'm like a hippo. That's how Ben's with grapes. Yeah, that's yeah. right. I would eat a lot more of them if they didn't come on stems. Ben yeah. needs a de-stemmer. I know, but the thing is that quality goes down if you pre-de-stem. No, they need to be literally plucked off and fed to you. That's exactly right. In real time. <laughs> yes. There's no. There's not even 10 seconds of delay it's so true. before it goes into your mouth. Hold and then I could choose like which kind I want. Hand me the muscadine. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'd like three muscadines, please. Oh, shit, man. Man, thank you so much for your time yeah. today. Amazing. I feel like we could just go on. We could. For like yeah, three or four hours. We could. Probably. I'm sure. You know, I want to come up to Tennessee. You guys need to come. Kay man. Lee come farm. should come Let's with go. me yeah. to Tennessee. Yes, sir. And we should go 
up there and check it out. Yeah, we, yeah. we got um, a studio, man. We've got a. Oh, it's got their headquarters up we there. We could record like, an episode there, maybe if they let could. us. You could video, and you could be on a, a water buffalo, man. Another idea that we had was like with yes. all this world apocalypse stuff coming up, yeah, you know, and all this yeah. stuff going on. I mean, how valuable if all of the grids got shut down and all of the sailor went away? How valuable would it be to have a carrier pigeon? It would be amazing. <laughs> so what if we them. what if we had got ahead of the curve? You know what I mean? And started like <laughs> training like let's work on the path now. We can start it. We can start getting the how sick would that Nashville be? and Atlanta. How crazy that? would that be? Damn, what if we sold carrier pigeons? No, yeah. they do. So I'm on advisory board, guys, with A B money. And he's the guy that introduced Biggie and Tupac. Like he grew up with Mike Tyson. So it's really, really cool, man, this network equity diversity company. I'm the white guy that is on help them, but ultimately they have to be owned 51% or more. You know what I mean? But like, I want to reverse racism. Like they know I've got a black foster son. Like they know that I actually relate more to people of color than just because. Than whitey. Wouldn't you say the same thing? I love all. I yeah, love all. Me too. I mean, like. So do you, dude. It's, we all love everybody. It's such a yeah. cliche, like, to say, like, I don't see color because I'm not colorblind. No, I don't either. But I don't. When I look at people, they're people. Yeah. I see their color. You might have sure. a darker fucking tan than me, but I got, I, I, I had the color and tattoos down my arms. You know, black culture, like, the entertainment world, like, awesome. It's yeah, amazing. It is. That's why everybody wants to get a tan. <laughs> get the chick who wants to be a q-tip q-tip white out there who wants to be a pale q-tip out there get that spray tan that's right yeah that's why i go to my wife spray me yeah that's what she does i want my balls to be black yeah <laughs> <laughs> nothing else just the balls yeah. you guys are true this was a lot of fun guys <laughs> hey thank you it so really much for fun. your time sam we'll stay in touch so that'll wrap today. This is the Man Fuse podcast. If you want information about Sam, we are going to post that in our episode description. Feel free to join the show by hitting us up at manfuse.com or 770-744-5227. And as always, support the show by sharing the show. And if you get an extra second, subscribing on iTunes and leaving us a review would be amazing. Thanks again.